You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. It's uh, This is the only time that I really take advantage of owning the station and it's always fun because we're introducing a brand new show to America's Web Radio that we think is... Uh, when I, when I first started thinking about it, uh, I thought it would be a good idea, and then the more I thought about it, and particularly after our host uh, was on one of our other shows, um, really determined that this is a very important show for everyone to listen to. The name of the show is Buzz Off, and uh, our host is Elizabeth Wharton, better known as Lawyer Liz, and uh, we'll be yeah, we'll be teasing her a little bit about Lawyer Liz every now and then. I think there's a cartoon strip coming out about Lawyer Liz before long. And when she's looking at her uh, wrist, uh, don't think it's just uh, because she has a bump on her wrist. It's because she has one of those secret telephones. And no telling who she's talking to. But we wanted to welcome Liz to America's Web Radio, the family. In fact, we've had uh, some of the other hosts. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but on our Facebook, some of the other hosts have uh, Welcome to you, welcome you to uh, America's Web Radio, and we certainly appreciate you doing the show. And I'm fascinated, and um, you uh, you had me speechless the other day. And as we go on talking about what you know and the and the high tech stuff that you'll be talking about, uh, I think our audience will be fascinated. So welcome to America's Web Radio, Liz. Well, thank you, and welcome to everybody else. This is going to be Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, and hope to not stump, but instead engage, entertain, and perhaps educate some folks and create a discussion around the technology buzzing all around us, be it land, sea, air, from unmanned aircraft systems, the drones above, to the autonomous vehicles on the ground, we're all connected, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the Internet of Things in between. And so as your host, Lawyer Liz, Elizabeth Wharton, let's kick it off. First of all, I would like to thank Dave and America's Web Radio for giving this opportunity and this platform. But as well, thank my law firm, Halby Smith, for sharing my time, my guests, and the longtime listeners that have uh, been tuning in for, what, all of a minute now. Uh, you know, we go way back and uh, two minutes in, as Dave points out. But thanks, everyone, for joining in. And, you know, let's see what we can get to know and learn about what, I don't know if anyone else sees it, but I feel like I get inundated almost on a daily basis between uh, near misses reported at airports for airplanes and drones. And by the way, the London Heathrow incident was confirmed as a plastic bag. So before we start fearing the drone, I say we should first fear the plastic bag and the turtle. There have been more confirmed uh, turtle strikes on airplanes in the U.S., the FAA, and I forget the exact number last count, but I want to say 180 to zero confirmed drone strikes with uh, airplanes. But between that and then all the driverless cars and news there, it's 
create a wild west, uh, some would say. And so look forward to getting to know that and talk about that a little bit. But I am a technology attorney, started off on transactions, found more and more clients were in the information security space and asking the questions of what can I do, what should I do with sensors, radios, and information security, where can I research, what can I research, that led me into the technology and of unmanned systems. So we'll take a slightly different approach in that I have not been flying model aircraft since a small child and instead have learned about that aspect from, again, the technology space. So each week when we get kicked off, we will have guest experts. I know when to defer to those who know what they're doing and know what they're talking about. We'll have Buzz of the Wired taking a look at what what are the hot topics, what the news has been reporting, what TV and film have shown either correctly or incorrectly. I'm still waiting for my uh, hovercraft or hoverboard that Back to the Future has promised me, which should be in stores by now. But I, I haven't seen it in my uh, on my Amazon wish list uh, ready for delivery yet. So doing that as well as talking policy bites because lawmakers, be it at the state or the federal level, they're new to this too, despite what uh, some may declare with inventing the Internet. Uh, really just getting to know and breaking down all these issues that arise with technology and incorporating it into the Internet of Things and breaking it into small bite-sized pieces as well as technology bites. So we'll call that the policy bites segment, but we're going to get started today with a little bit of an overview, and then I have brought in two real information security experts that will tag team and take us through really what, what makes up these systems. So when we talk about a drone or a driverless car or your coffee maker that is connected. Really, what is the software? What is the systems behind that? What do we mean in layman's terms? But then looking at what do we, where are we vulnerable? What security aspects there are to that? And what is hype? What is fiction? And what do we need to be worried about that we aren't already worried about and then see where that discussion takes us but as a building block when we're looking at uh, again the drones the coffee maker and your car it is no longer really the aircraft the automobile or the equipment and coffee pot sitting on your counter it has become the systems, the software, and the data that are, is being transmitted that in some cases we don't even know is being collected from our Fitbits 
Apple Watches, iPhones, to our car's Wi-Fi access point and other aspects, all of this is coming together in ways that previously haven't been. I mean, before, if your coffee maker broke, you unplugged it, you threw it out, and you bought a new one. Now, when you go, it well, we can run a diagnostic assessment. Do I want to start my coffee at 6 a.m.? What kind of roast do I want? Oh, I can control all of that from my iPhone. Uh, sitting in bed or sitting at the grocery store, it can alert me, you're out of coffee, you're out of you know, creamer, that kind of stuff. And same goes with uh, model so aircraft. And uh, yes, so as uh, my guests are eagerly ready to jump in and reminding me, uh, not only is it reminding our devices now alerting us that uh, either, hey, you're running low on gas, hey, it's time to get an oil change, hey, it's time to buy creamer, coffee, you need the dark roast, the decaf, but all that information that's being collected is also being packaged and sold and stored. The manufacturers are tracking how their uh, equipment is performing and what trends are they seeing there. Are you, how are you driving your car? Are you pushing past the warning lights or are you keeping up with your maintenance? But similarly, how fast are you going? And it's not just the manufacturers. There's a secondary market. Manu- uh, advertisers and other uh, data points love to collect that, put that together. And that's one of the issues that plays together into all of this and creates this Internet of Things and the buzz. And really, how do you deal with that and lay the groundwork foundation for well, here's how the software works, here's how the systems work, and here's how the data and the data privacy work, and what does that mean? When do I stop owning my airspace when it comes to drones? When do I no longer have the privacy rights that I thought I did? Who can take the pictures? And what information can be shared what what is the value in that who has access to it and who should protect it you know looking at uh, everything from what's in your wallet is days reminding me your credit card data you're that chip in your credit card how secure is it supposed to be protecting us from you know, the transactions and I have to admit someone got a hold of uh, one of my credit card information and suddenly I was shopping at Walmart and Kroger all over the state of Georgia at the same time. I did not know that time travel is here or I have somehow cloned myself because I was using it both at uh, Kroger and at Walmart. I, uh, I knew that was possible. I've seen you do it. And once again we have Dave Mayner who is a security researcher who's joined by Rob Graham. Uh, Like I said, they are chomping at the bit. And for those who care to follow us on social media, we will have a website set up for Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, 
But follow me on Twitter at Lawyer Liz and hashtag Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz and check us out on America's Web Radio Facebook page and other social media because I, I hate to say once I announced on some of the social sites uh, who was joining me for the first show, uh, Dave and Rob started uh, going the back and forth on how they were going to torture me and torment me. So it's all for your amusement and entertainment and education. And I hope it works, but I apologize now if they fluster me, if they trip me up. And uh, I would like to reiterate the disclaimer that while I am a lawyer and on occasion have been known to work with Dave and Rob, at this point I do not claim them. I do not take credit nor blame for anything they share. And uh, they're on their own, so to speak, with this one. But those are some of the things to look at and where regulators and everyday people struggle with. I see a drone outside my window. I see a it, what, what information can someone access this what what is my what can my car a recent court case decided and studies showed that the fitbit data well great my insurer is collecting this information and using it to offer discounts but it's not accurate and what do you do with that so as we're going to wind into a break shortly we're going to next be joined and turn on their mics with dave mayner and rob graham this is buzz off with lawyer liz and i welcome everyone as we hit the ground running and for takeoff Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. 
His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So this is Lawyer Liz as we enter into our next phase of Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. And we're talking about the interconnectedness as we get started with the show and the interconnectedness of not only the drones, the coffee makers, the cars as examples, but how those items work together. And I think one of the best ways to demonstrate that, and it's not just keeping in mind, it's not just the aircraft, the drone itself. We're talking about drones and their software, their systems and their data, but also your car is no longer just the spark plug. It's the spark plug, the software running it, and the data. And the best way to show how what a small world it is, I bring with y'all today or introduce you to Dave Maynard and Rob Graham, two security researchers whose reputations perceive themselves. But Dave, Rob, what can y'all tell us, for example, about my Parrot or my other DJI aircraft? And perhaps let's just, for example, say the Tesla that Rob will be letting me drive home from here because he is such a kind and generous guest and thanking me for bringing y'all on the show. What can y'all tell me about those two and what they may have in common? So um, a, a unique thing about um, the Wi-Fi on all devices, whether it's your iPhone or your drones or your, car, your cars nowadays have Wi-Fi, is that uh, when they broadcast their data, they they precede every little burst of traffic with a unique hardware identifier that identifies the manufacturer. So playing with my Parrot drone one day uh, and playing with my Tesla, I noticed they had the same hardware manufacturer ID, which meant that their Wi-Fi was the same device. Now, can you all tell me a little bit about, uh, for the listeners, what does Wi-Fi have to do with my drone? I mean, I've got a controller in my hand. The drone is up. The aircraft is up in the air. Why do I care about Wi-Fi? Most uh, drones, especially the cheaper ones, below five hundred dollars. So the are, ones I have, yes, yes, are controlled via Wi-Fi, so that you can use your phone as the controller, since your phone has has Wi-Fi in it, built in. So what we're really talking about are the signals, the transmissions that are guiding the aircraft themselves you're saying are using the same signals but even more so the same software or the same hardware so the chip within the the parrot drone is the same hardware as the wi-fi chip in the tesla car okay so other than a cost benefit of there's a chip manufacturer who was having a special on chips and got to DJI, my you know the manufacturer of my drone, and also salesperson. It was a it was a parrot. 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 So between those, what what does that mean? Well, it means that um, as a hacker, since I know that the hardware and software is the same, 
that what I learned hacking one device, I can use to hack another device. So I can play with my $400 Parrot drone, find ways of hacking that, and apply that knowledge to hack a $100,000 Tesla car. Well, that is a good thing that I do not actually have a $100,000 Tesla. I feel sorry for anyone who does because, (laughs) gosh, I mean, an amazing machine that can be hacked so easily. But, okay, how does that play into where should we be worried for those of us who don't necessarily have a $100,000 Tesla but just an everyday car? So you may have heard of something called the Internet of uh, Everything or the IOE. Some people mistakenly will call it the IOT. But it's the Internet of Everything, according to Cisco Systems. Uh, it is it now. It, it, it really is. You can look it up. But the uh, Internet of Everything is basically all devices uh, talking to each other, sharing data. Your example earlier of your coffee pot, uh, being able to make your coffee uh, whenever you want it or uh, it can interface with your smartwatch and it knows to pour a, uh, a cup of coffee when you get within range of it, right? So the IoT is really about all these devices being able to communicate and make smarter devices. That, that's type uh, the goal is everything's supposed to be smarter. But what uh, it's really doing is it's collecting all that information for back-end analytics, which allow companies to figure out things about you. You might not want uh, a random company like Maxwell House to know. Or it can be used for advertising purposes. For instance, if a coffee company knows that you pour your coffee at 6 a.m. and you also have a $100,000 Tesla and you live in a $2 million house in a nice part of the neighborhood, and the next thing you do is you turn on television, they're going to sell those targeted advertising spots to people who are more affluent, like Rob, rather than people who eat Crunchberry, like myself. Well... And how do they know that it's me? What part of that uh, signal or that... Well, it's in your house. So they're they're able to... My location, and is it that the IP address, is that what is tied to the signal transmission, the firmware? You generally have to get... uh, When you register it, there's a unique identifier on the device that will then say, hey, this is the device that uh, Lawyer Liz has registered. Now, does that also work with if I'm connecting it to my home Wi-Fi network, for example, yes. with all my Internet of Everything or Internet of Things devices? It is Internet of Everything. And should we put the hashtag Cisco uh, should buy some advertising during our show? Yes. I like that. Yeah, I, like I, think, that. I think Dave here has decided that he wants to go work for Cisco Marketing. Huh. Yes. Well, if the... If the other uh, research aspect of your Cisco career does not work out, I'm sure marketing uh, is very excited. But so when I bring home my my Parrot drone or what other some of the micro drones, and I connect them either to the network, my home, my so sync with my computer. There's there's two separate concerns you have here. One of which is the technical aspect of that your the the, the hardware uh, identifiers and your IP address are known, they're, you know, they're part of the internet traffic, all the signals you, you transmit. But on the business side, the companies want to know who you are. When I got my, my DJI Phantom drone, um, I got a special free battery if I took the serial number off the drone and registered it with my email address so that DJI would now know my identity connect and connected to that specific hardware. Did, did you do it? 
Yes, I did. The free battery. Who wouldn't do it? Who well, wouldn't do it? And from the viewpoint Elizabeth? of y'all are security researchers, so you know what <laughs> hackers can do, will do, should do. Did you take any steps with, for example, creating a separate email account just for use with registering your DJI extra battery? Well, in my case, yes, I do. Whenever I I register these things, I create a separate email account. Like our our buddy Hillary, I have my own email server. And so this allows me to create a a new account for everything that I connect to. That's a little much for most people, though. Do you have Chinese hackers in your email server like Hillary had in hers? (laughs) Well, considering that uh, DJI is a Chinese company, I would say the answer to that one, unfortunately for Mr. Graham, is... Yes, the Chinese now know where he's uh, flying. But then again, when someone knows how to create an aircraft that gets the job done, you got to go with the folks who know what they're doing. But one of the things I have recommended uh, with the FAA now for those who are flying both as a hobbyist as well as commercially, if your drone aircraft weighs more than about half a pound up to 55 pounds you need to register either the aircraft specifically if it's commercially but individuals hobbyists also have to register with the fa it's a one time it's not a drone registration in itself it's basically a pilot an owner registration so you are telling them when you register that yes i have an aircraft that it weighs more than i'm flying you get a registration number, but I recommend go to Gmail, go to Hotmail, go create a, it's still you, but it is a separate account really for your high-flying uh, FAA. Or Internet of Things. Internet of Things. I'm extreme. I create lots of accounts, but all you really need is like your your email account for doing uh social stuff, you know, emailing people, and then a separate email account for all your Internet of Things. Every time someone asks you for your registration, uh, they ask for your email address, don't give them your real email address. They'll spam you. Use just a separate email account for all these sorts of things. So you go through and you read it, you can just blow off all the steam. Now, I know, Rob, on a political sense, you had done a, a test where for each political campaign at the time of it was what 17 25 25 uh, i gave $10 to every uh, email candidate every every presidential candidate you gave money to trump i gave money to trump i gave money to hillary i gave money to bernie how 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 did that investment in bernie go for you well i figure one of them is going to you know take control and, and cause armageddon but i'll be on the right side since i gave them money Say, but from a marketing standpoint, this by giving a separate, unique uh, email address to each of these campaigns, you were able to then track and see who was reselling their information, correct? I mean, based on the emails that would come into that account, you were able to track where the da- where your data was being sold. Right. Everyone you give your email address to will use your email address for evil. And that doesn't matter whether it's a business or a device manufacturer for warranty information or a political candidate who you really love. They will eventually use it for evil. And so I've been watching how the various candidates sell that that address information. For example, Hillary sold her entire address list to the Democrat National Committee. So they are spamming me now on the, the address I gave to Hillary for only Hillary's use. How does that make you feel? 
or um, the, as candidates would drop out of the race, the Republicans especially, they would then sell their rent or rent their um, address lists address list to others. Well, and have you found that to be the case with DJI? So you've got your free battery. You have given them their information. Have you seen that address popping up in other places or receiving spam emails or marketing emails that you wouldn't have thought you would see? Well, not yet. I just registered that address a couple weeks ago. So with the political... uh with the political stuff, it sounds like we should talk a little bit more about that after the break. I'll say, and that, and looking at, again, how all of this plays in, that a reminder that it is just, it's not just the system, it's the data. And as we go in, you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, and we will be right back. Please stay tuned. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So welcome back. This is Lawyer Liz and... We are joined today on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz by Rob Graham and David Maynard, and they are explaining to us the interconnected, say everything, but how all this plays together and between the software, the systems, the data. And before the break, we were talking about email accounts and when you register that free battery 
for from DJI or you know donate to a political campaign to sign up for the frequent shoppers card with Maxwell House you're giving your information and what what happens to that and really tracing the interconnectedness of that so one one question for both the guests but we'll start with David what other devices do you connect with is there something else we should do not do when it comes to registering for warranties signing up for t-shirt of the month kind of clubs what do we need to consider with that i'm glad you asked that very question and what brings us to the real reason why we're here we wanted here i thought it was to join my show no we're here to pitch you an idea for a drone app and being that you're a lawyer and an expert in drones but i'm not your lawyer right now right now so we're we're here to pitch you an idea and we want to see how what you think about it before we put it into production. And this is where I'm disappointed that we don't have a live gong yet to go with the show or a buzzer. Next time, I promise I will wire my guest chairs so that if they say something outrageous, the similar to Ghostbusters, the shocks that will be uh, administered Great movie. Great movie. Uh, to them. But continue, Mr. Maynard. Tell you know, us about your drone idea. It's summer, Correct. Or summer's coming up. When the show is being recorded live, yes, it is fast approaching summer. All right. And what do women do in the summer? That answers some of them. May not be appropriate uh, for FCC licensing purposes. They put but on bikinis. Some do, yes. I'd like a drone that would fly over beaches and show me the highest concentration of hot women in bikinis. Now, what do you think about that? Wow. From a regulatory aspect, you know, I don't know that the FAA has granted any Section 333 exemptions now, what, directly what is, uh, for that. So right now, to fly a drone in the United States, in the U.S. airspace, for commercial purposes, you have to have permission from the FAA. You have to have what is called a Section 333 exemption if you are a government entity, local law enforcement, or a public school on down. You have to have a separate, depending on what you're doing, separate permission. But I don't know that I have read of the 5,000 Section 333s that have been uh, issued by the FAA, actually 5,000 plus to date. I don't know that bikini-watching Baywatch Babe has been one of them, but I... So so what you're saying is, is that Dave can be a perv in private, but he can't, like, make a business out of it. Well, he just needs to get creative in how he describes the business services and the <laughs> public interest component of it on his 333 a- application. But I will point out, the FAA released its small UAS rules Gosh, February 15th, 2015, give or take a day. They are were promised to us in September 2015, but the latest I've heard is that sometime next month we will actually be able to see 
what has become of those rules, and they'll be ready for implementation. Asterisks. It's the government, so unfortunately or fortunately, they may they may move slower, and there is a lot of red tape that goes with it. But to get to that question, you do have to worry about both wait, wait, who wait. owns hold, the. Hold on a second. Overview. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. What you're saying here is, out of the five thousand you've seen, nobody wants to do this. So this idea is indeed revolutionary. <laughs> I would not go that far. In fact. Unfortunately for you, and this will be part of what we look at in the buzz of the wire, is how TV has and film get it right, get it wrong. And there was a Modern Family episode where Gloria, in all of her glory, was sunbathing and neighborhood drone flying above like clockwork. And in fact... The rumors of a gentleman in Kentucky flying his just for fun uh, was pausing a little too long over a, a backyard with a rumored teenage young lady sitting in her bathing suit, which led uh, her father to shoot it down out of the sky. All right. Well, I'm not talking about over people's houses. I'm talking about like over beaches. But again, the question becomes with all of this, who owns that beach? God. Who owns the airspace? And unfortunately... Uh, God owns the beach. That is not... God owns all of us, and it is <laughs> all things through him. But putting that aside, uh, unfortunately, the way the courts and local law enforcement and private, right, private property owners... That's one of the questions we have to look at and that the courts are looking at is who owns the airspace that, unfortunately, once you leave the ground, you are in what, at least for the U.S., you're in the national airspace. And Federal Aviation Administration has authority over what happens in that when it comes to safety. When it comes to privacy, there's a little more wiggle room and the Wall Street Journal ran a couple days ago a, a pro-con debate on who owns that airspace and what can be done. So while your idea has potential and merit, <laughs> I will leave the business decisions on whether there are people who would be interested in tuning in to the video feed or the photographs that were the footage collected from bikini babes from above. Uh, now, on the flip side, if you are a bikini babe, which I and Rob are obviously not, and you see a drone uh, that's supposed to be in the public area, let's say I'm sunbathing uh, in my European cut Speedo in uh, the park, and I see a drone stopping to take pictures of me, what should I do about that? I can tell you what you should not do, which is bring out your uh, shotgun that you have been concealed carry in your uh, bikini and use that. Huh. Then again, if you're using a smaller caliber uh, revolver, those may fit better in your bikini. But Nothing in again, my bikini can be termed as small caliber. But the question then becomes whether... You can do anything. And where your expectation of privacy began, ended. But from an information standpoint, 
the concerns are what can what happens if you do have an aircraft a drone flying over a large crowded area and from a research standpoint what have y'all seen with being able to bring them down you know, from a physical security side but also from the data security side what what values bull information is there and how how are folks going to access it wireless networks have had an amazing growth in corporate use in the last 10 years everybody has to have wireless networks now uh, which means that hackers obviously attack wireless networks, which means the security industry came up with a tool called a wireless IPS or a way to look for attacks and stop them. And uh, one of the ways it does that is if you were to set up a fake wireless access point saying, hello, I'm AT&T, and uh, the real access points detect it, they can flood it with packets and knock it offline. So I've got my drone that I'm flying above a crowded area. Folks have figured out the hackers in the area have figured out the IP. They're flooding that point. Well, Is that what you're saying? Or? No, in this case uh, as your drone flies by a building it has an ac- it may have an access point on it. Like the, the, the parrot acts that way. Right. The parrot pretends to be an access point for your, your iPhone to connect to it. So by flying close to one of these wireless IPS systems you now set off a torrential uh, uh, torrent of packets that basically raise the uh, noise floor on the 2.4 gigahertz signal, or it makes it legitimately harder for the, the Parrot drone to hear the controller because of all these packets that are being thrown at it. It disconnects your iPhone from the, from the Parrot it drone. It disconnects, and then it will fall out of the sky. So, flying, this you know, applies obviously not even to just the the beach scenario, but really in any But we don't want to lose sight of the beach scenario. So what you're saying is operating a drone over the beaches of Miami where you have high-rise buildings coming up or the coastline, you really do have to worry about, now, would this be intentional or are there unintentional uh, instances where the noise floor, so to speak, there's going to be a lot of shouting in the 2.4 spectrum that causes my drone to lose connection and fall? Well, the the wireless IPS case we just mentioned is both intentional and unintentional. It's intentional in the regard that it's doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's unintentional because people are not aware uh, of the effect it would have on drones. Right. They're, they're trying to stop employees from, from plugging in a wireless access point and giving everyone access to the local network. So, so they're trying to stop that. But they don't realize that there's a drone flying outside on, at floor 10 on the office building. It's also getting kicked offline and falling out of the sky and dropping on people's heads below. I heard a rumor that there's such a building in Atlantic Station. Wow. And so I wonder, too, what the liability, you know, the lawyer in me says, okay, when this drone falls, how is I to know, as the operator, how am I to know that that is occurring or could occur in an area where I'm otherwise authorized and allowed, permitted to fly? Well, this brings up a great question, and I I don't know, and I don't know if Rob does either. So now when there is a drone crash, uh, will there be an FAA-style recreation of the crash? And and, I mean, there's no black boxes in these drones. Well, it's a combination of multiple jurisdictions. The 
FCC says that if you're using that at that uh, radio frequency, the 2.4 range, that you must tolerate um, interference. Interference as your responsibility to tolerate interference. So if your drone falls out of the sky because of, uh, of interference, it's now your responsibility for not being able to tolerate that. I was saying, with that, we're going to about to go to our last break and. FCC, FAA, alphabet soup are some of the things that we'll talk and pick right back up if Rob and Dave will stick with us uh, for the last little second of buzz off with Lawyer Lives. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So welcome back. This is Lawyer Liz on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. And we are getting into the alphabet alphabet soup of really where the federal regulatory scheme comes between the Federal Communications Commission, Federal Aviation Administration, and what happens when I'm flying my aircraft, my drone, near a building and what was being designed for uh, an office to prevent employees from using certain devices really created an aviation disaster, so to speak, because the FAA defines my drone as an aircraft. So by causing my drone to lose communication, it's crashed. Hopefully, I haven't had to call the NTSB yet, but 
Dave and Rob, what happens from a liability standpoint? Is that FC does the FCC consider that transmission uh, raising the noise level jamming? I mean, you're interfering. Well, sometimes the FCC is a little unclear about this because um, there was a, a famous case last year where Marriott would kick off anyone who used their, for example, their iPhone as a Wi-Fi access point within their hotel conference rooms uh, in order to get Wi-Fi going through the cell phone because they wanted to sell the conference goers the Wi-Fi access. So they would use the same technology to kick off anyone who had a Wi-Fi access point that wasn't paying Marriott. And it's kind of a jerk move. And so the FCC came down hard upon them and fined them a bunch of money and told them to stop doing that. But uh, it's not clear the FCC really has that power because the Wi-Fi radio frequencies are designed specifically to where that these sorts of shenanigans can happen, which is why even though Marriott can't do kick off bad access points, corporations can kick off bad ones within their within their companies. So it's not clear whether it's bad or good that this is happening to drones from a legal standpoint. Okay, but from a researcher standpoint, I mean that it sounds like that's one way two hackers could cause my drone to fall out of the sky is raising the noise level. Actually, hackers have created guns. They're, they're kind of like shaped in the gun so you can point it. It's an antenna, a directional antenna that they've studied a few well-known drones, like the Parrot drone, um, and what, what they need to do over Wi-Fi to generate the right Wi-Fi packets to cause them to fall out of the air. Now, Perhaps, and you'll have to bear with it. I am a lawyer. I am not a, about, a technical. Can, can we buzz with it? You can buzz with the amount of knowledge that I have. Uh, but what? How complicated is there? I mean, if the signals, it's not like a telephone. You're thinking of where you dial a number and you're communicating with the other person on the end of that line, so to speak. I mean, these are signals that are going out. How do they know which drone to hit? That's the magic of hacking, baby. Well, and what happens, because it it would seem to me when we're talking about these signals, just as the office buildings can't really determine which signals they're rising. This is great. We're going to get to come full circle on this. Do you remember the the story earlier about Rob's Tesla and his uh, parrot? Indeed, I do. The, they had unique identifiers that were both produced by the same company? Identifying which drone manufacturer it is. So you can program, or have you seen where you can program these anti-drone guns to target a specific, so that the signal they're sending... Receive, first of all, identify mm-hmm. what the drone is just by the signals you're receiving, and then transmit whichever evil thing you need to do in order to kick it out of the air. Now, how expensive would is this something that I can go down to Radio Shack Micro uh, Center and purchase? And this is where, for those of you who are, unless you're streaming live with us, Dave has forgotten the magic of radio and is about to demonstrate something for us. But uh, in my best Vanna White, uh, I will defer. Gentlemen, roll that footage. How easy is this to create on my own? Well, with a little bit of technical knowledge and around four to five hundred dollars in hardware that's easily orderable over the internet, 
you could have your own two drone killing gun. Well, Dave's using the complicated, comprehensive gun that could pretty much kick anything out of the air, even drones that aren't using Wi-Fi. But if all you're doing is targeting the low-end Wi-Fi drones, you can do it about $50 for the hardware. It's yeah. Wi-Fi only. And it's a $35 computer, a $5 battery, a $5 Wi-Fi card, and it's a bunch of software, and it's all you need. So for those of us who shelled out the big bucks, bought anything other than a, we'll call lower end of the market, what is my drone communicating with if it's not using Wi-Fi? Well, first of all, it's still over 2.4 gigahertz. Right, like the the, the, the latest DJI drones um, are using the same frequency band, 2.4 gigahertz, but have their own protocol. Um, Wi-Fi, if you're using Wi-Fi, you can only control a drone for like maybe a few hundred yards away. If you have your own custom radio signals, you can go five miles away. Now, what would it take? Because all of these are radio signals, correct? Even Wi-Fi at some basic level. Right. Now... How expensive is it to go beyond? You're talking about the the wires. Yeah, like radio to purchase the equipment. I mean, if I'm going to build an aircraft from home, a first person view FPV flat racer, am I using Wi-Fi or did I purchase a more expensive radio to be able to transmit? Well, that that depends on the the handset that you bought, but most of them have their own proprietary. Uh, uh, pro- uh, protocol to communicate with the drone. And with the guns, it just depends on how expensive I wanted to go to be able to... Well, the, the, the $50 one Rob mentioned would handle the Wi-Fi drones like parrots. The $500 one I mentioned would just handle drones. So what, what the, the hardware Dave's describing is what's called a software radio or software-definable radio, radio where... You, you Instead of having a custom radio chip, you have software and your laptop, potentially, that does all the signal processing in software. And so it's a, it, you can take any signal that you, that's any custom signal that a vendor has, analyze it, and then make your computer produce the same signal. So imagine your car radio that you, you can tune from 87.9 to 107.9. One of these radios I can tune from 1 megahertz to 6 gigahertz. Wow. So from the consumer perspective and as someone who has all the connected devices, I mean, from my nest to my, you know, to the drone aircraft, what can, are there things I can do to protect the communications and against us? Or do I have to go to the manufacturers and say, step up, do this? Or do I have to is it a combination of the manufacturers implementing something and regulators? Because we know that nefarious folks are going to abide by the laws that are in place, right? I'd like to point out uh, now that Rob and I specialize in a type of security called offensive security or red teaming. That means we break into things. We don't necessarily fix things. We're more of the breakers. We're and telling you how to break them, though. Though your point, your point that asking regulators to fix things rather than manufacturers is probably a bad idea. They're probably likely to make the situation worse. We saw that in Michigan, for example, they have a bill now before the Michigan uh, Cong- uh, Michigan House of Representatives, which will make it illegal to to hack your, your own car. And what we're saying, and what hack. that means is, is that hackers will do it anyway. 
but researchers like us who do it for good can't hack the car, can't find the, the, the flaws and fix them to keep hackers out of the car and just guarantees that hackers will just have no impediment to breaking into everyone else's car because no one's looking at them, no one's fixing them, no one's analyzing them. Except for the manufacturer, who is not trustworthy. Well, that's uh, Rob is is bringing us is bringing us back kind of full circle of some of the issues we're going to talk about on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. Is how do we in Michigan's case? It's a suite of different bills that really get the technology or the research aspect wrong. I mean, and make it so that you could go to prison for simply researching how the car you're designing as the manufacturer is doing it. But getting back to circling back to Rob's Tesla and looking at, you know, so Rob, for your Tesla example, are you just driving blind, so to speak, or have you taken any steps? Well, he does have bad eyesight to begin with. (laughs) So, um, the problem with the Tesla is is that um, uh, I have too much fun driving it. I haven't gotten into hacking it yet. Well, good, because I would hate to think that you would somehow, by researching with it, take it outside the manufacturer's warranties and looking at it. So that's one of the things. Again, thank you for joining us on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. A quick thank you again to my guests, to... Dave and America's Web Radio and Halbu Smith. But one of the things we're going to look at is what can you do? What are the issues that are associated with the unmanned systems, drivers, all the technology buzz? So again, thank you for joining us. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Follow us online and follow me on Twitter. Thanks again, everyone. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio.